Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. So welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. Today's episode is episode 156, and I am joined by the one and only Brandon Steinke. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, so like... Let's give our audience a bit of a, a backstory to like the, the start of, of us getting to know each other. Like I know we followed each other on Instagram probably around the time that we both started contracting out of Evolve. And then we actually met up at MKT and just like talked for a couple hours. And it was just kind of cool like from my perspective to see how many things we had in common with like our philosophies towards training and just like our, our motivation to always get more knowledge and um, really take care of our clients on a more deeper level. Just uh, looking at the bigger picture, it's more than just the exercise and stuff. And so like with that being said, it's it's an honor to have you on. And I'm just wondering, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How did your day go, I should say, because I already asked you that. How did your day go? (laughs) What was your routine? Uh, day was good. Just woke up, nice and easy day. Had breakfast, you know. Um, got some uh, got some cleaning done because you know that's always fun. And then uh, yeah, now I'm here. Perfect. Um, and then anybody that's listening to this episode, be sure to check out the episode on RX Radio. Um, so Brandon, you're recently on that. So tell me a little bit about uh, what got you working with those guys and and learning and collaborating and everything under the under that umbrella um yeah i had a i had actually like learned and heard about uh jordan shallow uh a couple years ago actually um but he hadn't really started uh teaching anything yet um we got to a point where you know he was releasing some some of his uh his thought processes and his uh, philosophies and stuff. And he created a course on it. And uh, I ended up taking that in about this, I think it was the second semester that he ever offered. Um, we got, you know, we got to talking a little bit there. Uh, I had already taken some breathing certifications and stuff. And we kind of jived with what he talks about. He talks about some breathing stuff and uh, it kind of worked well. So uh, yeah, we just started a conversation. And after that, it's just been kind of going well. That's awesome. I mean, like my my perspective is I had seen Jordan Shallow's name pop up over and over. I mean, he's been on my buddy Andrew Coates' show, um, Lift yeah. Free and Diet Hard. Um, and like he he's a mover and shaker. Every circle that I am in, he's an influence in. And so it's just kind of cool to see how like the fitness industry is so big, but yet so small and interconnected and like so many crossovers um to give the listeners a bit of perspective on your career journey like what was the first thing that inspired you to get into training 
um, <clears throat> I think for a lot of a lot of people, for me, me especially, it was you know high school going into high school. Um, I was a skinny kid. I was like 110 pounds or something like that, and uh, you know confidence obviously not really there. So I wanted to get into training for myself uh, just to look and feel better, and then uh, yeah, I kind of just just started going through the three years. I got some injuries. And then that kind of led to the coaching stuff as well. So as things progressed, what are three things that you can think of that sort of uh, that stood out to you as either big learning moments or advice that you would uh, pass on to somebody else? Hmm, three things, hey? Um, I would say uh, injury is the biggest teacher. I would say that was really what, what drove me. I had uh, injured my back. Um, it was nothing crazy serious, but it was pretty debilit- debilitating to the point where like even just working and stuff. Um, I would say that's the biggest teacher because like going through it myself and working through it on my own, I, it gave me the tools and the, the understanding to you know help other people through those issues as well. Um, some of the other, uh, I would say another thing is something that always sticks sticks with me is just um, uh, learning to be comfortable hearing no a lot of the time because, you know, being a trainer uh, at Good Life, especially that's where I, t- where I got my start. Um, you know, you're doing however many consults per day and you get a lot of no's because, you know, you're trying to pump out numbers and you're trying to gain clients and stuff and you got to learn to hear no and then get back on the horse and hear no again and you got to keep showing up and rising to the occasion otherwise you're not going to go anywhere um yeah and then i would say the third one is just like just the accumulation of of knowledge and just caring like just caring enough caring enough to to you know go out there put yourself out there and and learn and realize that you know the more you know the the more you realize you don't know and mm-hmm. uh, driving that or using that to drive, you know, further personal improvement, professional and personal. So so you're someone who I can definitely vouch for has pursued a ton of continuing education. Um, what is like your North Star directing you in the directions you go? I know that we kind of we go in the same directions of like who we want to learn from or like what's the substance that matters the most to us. But like, I just want to hear it in your words and get a look into your brain as to like how you make those decisions as to where you're going to invest or what direction you're going to go. Um, a lot of it. So like a lot of the early certifications uh, that I took were from, uh, you know, good life. Good life has a very well-rounded uh like education system. So they reward you for, for going out and getting more education and more certifications. So, you know, starting out, I didn't really know anything. Uh, when I first started training as, as well, I had no idea that these other courses were out there. And then I realized that I was like, wait a minute, I just like got out of college basically. And I had no idea at all that any of these were here because they don't, they don't really talk about them. So a lot of it came from uh, good life and they would point you in the direction of certain certifications and then once you kind of get into it uh, you hear some some big names in the industry um, and uh, 
yeah, I just kind of, uh, I just started really falling in love with the, the prescript stuff because it sort of filled a gap uh, in knowledge and understanding and critical thinking that most certifications don't teach. Um, their thing is like a systems way of thinking rather than teaching you a system because systems fail. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where all of my attention is right now. Uh, that and breathing, of course, but yeah, well, yeah. that, that makes sense. I mean, in this industry, there are so many certifications out there and yeah. it is like the application of what you know. And, and like, like you say, with like injuries, like experience teaches a ton. It gives mm -hmm. us so much context to be able to work with our clients and to be able to get on that same level. And everybody's going to have different experience, but everybody's also going to have different clients. Um, sure. When we dive in further with breathing, um, what was your first? What was your first exposure to to knowledge in that aspect? Like, what what was the light bulb moment for you that made you think, oh, like breathing is pretty essential to coaching. Like there, there is so much more to this. Like, tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, I had a, I had taken a certification uh, called uh, DTS and DTS was, it's kind of, it's kind of a certification that if you have, you know, if you don't have a great understanding of, of things, or if you have a great understanding of things, you're still going to like learn something from it. Um, and in that course, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how many years ago, uh, they had mentioned uh, Patrick McKeown and the oxygen in advantage, the oxygen advantage. Um, it was really, it was really the first kind of foray into it. They had talked about um, how breathing is kind of, you know, the first primal movement really. And that's kind of stuck with me. Right. So we have all these, we have these primal movements, you know, the push, pull, hinge, squat, whatever. Um, but nobody talks about the breath. And I found that interesting because breathing is something that we do every single day, whether we're conscious of it or not, and it's going on and it affects things, right? It affects, it can affect performance, it can affect mental, mental, it can affect mental performance. Um, it's, it, it's really one of these things that so few people know about. And I thought that was interesting. I thought that was really interesting. So I kind of drove into it. I took the uh, oxygen advantage certification as well. So I'm, I'm a, an advanced instructor with them. Uh, they, there's only, I think 11 now in Canada. So it's very, there's very few of them, but those, that's kind of the path that took me on. I took a certification, heard about Patrick, and then I just dove into it from there. What are three things that kind of have stood out to you in like applications with clients? Like, you know how you learn a bunch of stuff and it's like, okay, this is all really interesting, but what are three, maybe even two things that you have found have been the most useful in real life scenarios? Um, I would say sleep and recovery. That's a, that's a huge one because sleep for a lot of people is, you know, it's an issue. It's kind of a, it's kind of crazy how, like I have no issue sleeping at all, but, but I hear all the time, like, Oh, and, and that's one of the first questions I ask my clients every day. Like, Oh, how did you sleep? And uh, you know, working with, dozens of people you realize that not a lot of people sleep very well so getting people to to breathe and, and pace their breath and and tap into their parasympathetic nervous system that's been something that has helped clients a lot um 
as well, uh, I would say for, for the breathing aspect, a blocked nose or a stuffy nose, that's a big one too. And uh, most of the people that I've worked with, myself included, have had a stuffy nose. And we think that just like taking medication or whatever is the right way to go because we don't know anything better. But I know I personally have, I have a client, he, he's gone through several surgeries, uh, nasal, nasal terminate reduction surgery, um, several different sinus drainage surgeries and stuff like that. And uh, no one ever told him to just breathe through his nose. And the simply, the, simply just the act of breathing through your nose and breathing through it consistently, you stimulate nasal nitric oxide and that act that will actually dilate the airways so you can breathe through your nose a little bit better. Um, you know, there's some exercises there, but, uh, that's definitely one of the most important things that I've found for people. And then of course, you know, you have the biomechanics stuff. So for the third thing, I would say biomechanics, just teaching a rib cage, stacked rib cage pelvis position, position. Um, that's definitely one of the first things that I teach a client because it's some few people, so few people can just do that, especially if they're general population. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And I mean, that all makes sense. And I can definitely speak to just even just with performance. Like if you're trying to do something cardiovascular and you're able to breathe more through your nose than through your mouth, like you're going to uh, get better outcomes simply like it can be drawn to the point where you're going to lose less moisture through breathing through your nose. Like, and it, it's, it's a tough thing to sort of wrap your head around because it's, it's kind of like, I mean, we're, we're living in an age where with masks and everything, I'm not going to get it too much into that, but just like when you can get yourself breathing more through your nose in a cardio activity, um, it, it does give better outcomes. And like, it's, it's something that I've had to work on myself in improving and getting more consistent but let's hear it from you. Like if, if you were trying to coach me on breathing more through my nose, what would your coaching cues be? Uh, the first thing is always at rest, right? That's, that's the number one thing that, that it needs to be, um, that, that where nasal need, breathing needs to take place, right? So if you can't breathe through your nose at rest and, or if you, you struggle with that, then it, there's no way it's going to happen when you're running miles on the treadmill. Like it's just not going to happen or outside, whatever. Um, so that's always the first step with people because sometimes that alone makes a huge difference in their lives. Uh, so yeah, getting them to breathe through their nose during the day and at rest and uh, even during sleep. That's, a, that's another one that, that can be tough. Uh, so there's, that's, that's when you get into the, to a conversation about like taping your mouth, uh, during sleep and whatnot, where, which kind of freaks some people out, but, uh, yeah, just get, just getting them to nasal breathe as much as possible. That's always the first step. Definitely. Um, from there it's, it goes into the warm ups for sure. Uh, if we're doing anything submaximal, anything submaximal should be, should be through the nose, um, because it is parasympathetic, like predominantly more parasympathetic and you can, uh, you can prepare yourself a little bit better for movement just by, you know, breathing through the nose. Um, and then really it's, it's, it's all about uh, dosing and, and exposure. So if you, if you're running on the treadmill, it's, it's, or, or outside, of course, uh, it's winter here. That's why I'm not even thinking about outside, but um, yeah, if you're, if you're running on the treadmill, uh, just start breathing through your nose as much as possible. 
and then uh yeah just increase the amount of tolerance you have really yeah yeah well and it makes sense it's just like anything else and i think something that would be helpful for a person would be to like very clearly track like what they're doing like write down what duration of time that they were competently breathing through their nose and then just increase it and i mean like i'm I'm curious on this next question um like is there ever a tipping point where it goes from nose to mouth like let's say it was like somebody is trying to pr on something or would you would you encourage or coach a person to try and be just nasally breathing so yeah that kind of rule of anything submaximal is uh should be nasal breathing um in on the on the other side of that coin is is just like if you're if you're playing sports or like you're trying to run for long distances like it'd be great if you could nasal breathe the whole time but it's not always possible so if you're working at those high intensities that's when it's good to kind of intermittently you know nasal breathe mouth breathe kind of in between Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's understanding that you know when you breathe through your mouth, you're still losing more water, and you're still, um, like that's obviously going to impact performance a little bit. So, yeah, totally. I like that answer is is a good one, and I think about it often when I'm on the assault bike because I'm just like, okay, yeah. I can do like a fifty percent effort warm up, totally yeah. breathing through my nose, but if I'm trying to like get a faster time. Like yeah. it is, is just not sustainable to only breathe through my nose. Like at some point I'm going to j- need to draw in more oxygen or I'm just going to go into my like instinctive tendencies to open my mouth. Like it would be rough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've been there. I've been there. That assault bike is, is brutal. <laughs> it's evil. So <laughs> turning the tables a bit here, getting into life outside of like the te- technical aspects of fitness and training, um, mm. what has your 2020 been like? Like, has there been things that have made you stop in your tracks and reassess or has it gone smoothly? Um, take me down that path. Uh, honestly, I've, I've taken it in, in strides. I mean, it's been rough, right? Uh, for sure there's especially for the quarantine we were off for three months or so um you know lost clients so on and so forth you know lose money uh but i never found that there was really ever there was never an issue for me um i had so much other stuff going on so much learning to do and and whatnot that i really didn't even notice and the time was going by so quick uh, myself and my business partner, uh, Matt Lakus, he's also at uh, Evolve downtown with me. Uh, we've, we, we've used almost all three months to build uh, Mission Strength. That's our community strength uh, and conditioning program. Programs, we've got four of them now. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, there, there was so much to do that quarantine really didn't bother us. We had so much stuff on the go. Um, I worked with uh i got some of that, that prescript stuff done uh some of those courses and then uh yeah just time to really internally reflect and prepare myself for brighter times right we i knew that obviously the three months or that the quarantine would end eventually so i just did whatever i could possibly do to to get prepared and you know kill it when i had the opportunity to Absolutely. And I think that's the best outlook to have. I think that's a 
as tough as it is, it's also something that a lot of people can poise themselves to get closer to. And it, it could just be a matter of like, what are three things that I can do today to better myself? And everybody listening to this is going to be wearing different shoes in a different position in their life. But it could just be um, thinking more positively about yourself or it could be reading a book or it could be journaling, getting introspective, reflecting. Um, outside of the fitness industry, what are things that you do to balance out your life? Um, I'm, I'm pretty bad for this, but I, I'm kind of on the go a lot. Uh, I've got, you know... I've got things that I'm reading and, and trying to educate myself. Um, I play some video games here and there uh, to try and balance things out because, you know, I, I grew up playing a lot of video games and they were always, they were always a source of entertainment and just escape. So that was fun. That, that's, that's something that I do. But uh, other than that, um, a lot of my time is spent between my fiance and uh, work, right? I want to balance that as much as I possibly can because I know I can't be working all the time and I'm, I'm bad for it. So that's like, it's a conscious effort and it's always something that I'm battling with, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about that balance and just acknowledging it. Um, have you had to set out like boundaries almost to like bring yourself back in, like get yourself living that relatively balanced life like i know all trainers are struggling to be a balanced we're just we are drawn to our craft we're drawn to our career we kind of like forget about the rest of things but in order to sustain it over an extended period of time it's important to like stop and like smell the roses and stuff so like for yourself what what is your compass that kind of tells you when to go back the other direction or go go back to work go back to personal life kind of thing uh, I would say my fiance is probably the most important influence in my life. You know, she, she really is like, she's so supportive and I couldn't, I wouldn't, I don't, I, I honestly don't think I'd be here without her uh, because she's kind of been that rock, especially working, you know, going from uh, university to being a personal trainer, you know, it's a, it's a big jump. And I, I took that jump went from making, you know, money to not making any money at all, because that's what happens when you first be a personal trainer. And she, uh, yeah, she really, she really was there to, to support me and push me and, uh, yeah. And also slow me down a little bit when I need to. Right. So mm -hmm. she's, she's always like, yeah, you're working, but like, don't work too hard. Like take some time for yourself as well. And then that always kind of reminds me, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I think I should probably take a step back here. And maybe uh, maybe enjoy myself a little bit more. Well, so. it's it's as they say, less is more. Like yeah, it's I I can't promote enough how important it is to have like a support system in your life, no matter whether mm -hmm. that's a partner or family or friends or whatever. Just people who can be like, look, like dial it back, focus on the substance of what you put out into the world, and you'll find that you'll get further for it. Um, what are what are three things about your fiance that make you into a better person? Um, I would say her just her constant just su support. I think that she knowing that she is there for me when I need it or if I need it. I think it means I think it kind of frees me up a little bit to like 
to give that back as well. If you if you if you know what I mean. Yep. Um, I think she, she like. God, she's. It's. I'm trying to find words for it. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm terrible with words sometimes. I think what I'm what I'm thinking is that she, uh, she genuinely cares about what I'm doing, and she understands how it makes me happy, and then she can she can find it in herself too to like also enjoy it, and she also, uh, I mean, man, this is a it's a tough question. It's tough to put it into words. What was the question? <laughs> Honestly, like your your response with it is beautiful. Like it shows yeah. that you care. And it was just like how how she can can make you a better person, but I think the answer that you gave speaks volumes. Um just to be able to see and hear the emotion in that answer, I think is amazing. Um one of the next things that I'm going to ask is in the proposal, did you get creative? Was it something <laughs> cool? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's kind of it, it's kind of cheesy, but I I like it. So my uh, my family has a tradition uh, uh, where we put a pickle in the tree. It's a German tradition. You put a pickle in a tree. So it's a we just had a pickle ornament, but uh, whoever finds the pickle uh, gets a present. So I was like, oh yeah, I've got this extra present here. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, all right, so this is like bringing my tradition, my family tradition, to your family now. So the whole family was around. I had, um, I had uh, her sister and and her uh, going to find this pickle, and her sister was obviously playing dumb because she knew what was happening. So uh, she finally found it, found the pickle, and then that gift was the ring. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of cheesy, but you know what? I like it, and I'm glad that I was able to get the whole family involved in it too. Well, I mean, it's super cool, but if anybody takes that out of context, they can make so many good jokes. It's like, oh, so like, <laughs> yeah. she found your pickle, and then now you're engaged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. bringing it back in, bringing it back in. Um, when you are so busy and so focused on business and development and your craft and your clients, um, what are some ways that you keep like structure? It's kind of like... The way I'm framing this question is similar to how we would like create programs that are going to progress our clients over the months and years to come. Like, how do you create the structure that you need in order to continually improve and essentially not burn out? Like, what does that look like for you? I think it's, I think it comes down to, like you said, a little bit of the uh, work-life balance. And uh, for me, it's like when I'm, when I'm working on stuff, uh, and I'm like learning something that I actually genuinely care about. It's very hard for me to burn out. Uh, the, there was one time where I felt really burnt out and it was when I was at good life. And that was a, that was probably one of the hardest times in my career because you're grinding so much and they expect, they expect more of you. And, uh, when you have so many clients and it's, it's hard to feel like you're servicing them well. Uh, when there's always that pressure to get more and more and more. Um, don't get me wrong. Good life was the best thing that ever happened to me. It taught me, taught me so much about myself and, and, uh, 
you know, work ethic as well. And uh, I, I wouldn't be here without uh, Brittany, Brittany Rose. She's, she was my fitness manager and uh, Greg Merritt. They're, they, they were huge influences on me. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think now being on my own and, and whatnot, just having that constant need to be better and to, to learn more and whatnot, it's very hard for me to burn out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you even spoke to the importance of having passion in what you do. Like, mm. like having some kind of a, a deeper meaning or purpose to anyone's career, whether they're a restaurant owner or they are a CEO, like having like a, a deep connected why behind what you do is, is essential. Like if, if you aren't loving what you do in some capacity, even even though there's going to be tough times, even though there's going to be pandemics and facilities closing and stuff like that, like if you weren't loving what you're doing, get out. Because it's like, yeah. why why continue on with something that uh, isn't worth going through the tough stuff to get to the good stuff? Um, when you were setting up your, your business with your business partner, was there ever any moments where you doubted yourself or you thought that maybe like you didn't have what it took or were you just fairly like headstrong focus on the task at hand and do whatever it took yeah i think there's always that kind of that thought that runs through my head right um i mean being in a place where you're giving advice i feel like you're uh, for me at least it's always been like yeah i know what i'm talking about but also like why would anyone want to listen to me and uh, that's been something that's that's that I've really struggled with, um, but you know, realizing that it's it's something that needs to be done, kind of overrides that feeling. It's like when we were going through that, it was uh, it was like even if people don't buy this, like we've put in the work for it, and there's still a positive outcome from it, whether whether it is a successful business or not we put in the work and effort and to create something that we enjoyed and we love and that we believe in. And I think that's, I think that's really where, you know, that kind of argument stops of, of like self doubt and whatnot. Well, I mean, I, I completely understand that. That's, that's me and my podcast. It's me and my projects. Mm -hmm. It's like, if, if the work that you're doing has meaning to you and it makes you feel better then it doesn't matter if it catches on right away. It doesn't matter if it picks up steam because at some point when it does, all that stuff is going to be ready and all of that hard work is going to pay off. Um, in, in your training career so far, is there anything that stood out to you that's happened during a training session that's just kind of changed the way you looked at things? Anything that a client said that's just kind of like made you stop and be like, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember specifically one client, she still trains with me today. Um, she, you know, she's, she's obviously had her, had her, had her own struggles and, and whatnot. And, you know, with starting training to, to where she's at now, she's like a completely different person. But I remember the first time she did it, she, we finished our session and she said, thank you. She, and it wasn't just like a, you know, thanks for the workout, like see you tomorrow. It was like a, like, thank you. This makes a difference in my life. 
and and that that uh wow <laughs> that 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 really made me um wow holy cow um that made me realize that i'm in the right career and that i'm doing something right and uh yeah yeah and you're on the right podcast for that kind of an answer yeah that, that's beautiful um yeah <laughs> i i think i you're making me get choked up because i've had similar experiences it's just yeah, like we're gonna have this yeah. episode where we just burst out crying but no you're gonna rein us back in don't you worry yeah, absolutely yeah so dry him dry him yeah we're good <laughs> But I think that's that's what uh, we need more of, especially in 2020. Like if somebody is speaking to something that they're passionate about, let it all out. If uh, if somebody wants to be better at something, you have to tell the world because then that's what's going to surround you with like-minded people. Like when you are passionate about your craft, then I know mm-hmm. that when I come across people that I think are awesome, I'm going to pass them on to you. And whenever you're coming across people that you think are awesome, you pass them on to me. And then it's like the industry rises together and it's like, cause we're both trainers in the same city, but yeah. at no point have I ever thought that you would have any negative impact on me. It's always like, no, like I need to keep this guy around. Like I'm going to be a better person for having him in my circle. And I think that's the beautiful thing about uh, connection and then bringing it into like the the performance side of training and just like your own personal journey with your training have you found that your workouts have evolved over time have you found that they've changed or your goals have changed do you ever feel like you want to do more of this instead of that or that instead of this uh for sure yeah i mean, I mean again when i first started training it was all about getting big and 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 whatnot that's that's really all i cared about um, once, you know, you learn more and you accumulate knowledge and, and you can use the, the methods that you learn on yourself and on your clients and you see the benefit, it definitely changes things. So for me, you know, it used to be just go in, hit some chest, hit some arms, hit some back. And, and that was, that was kind of it. But now it's, uh, now training is really, I enjoy like strength training. So I'll, I'll, I focus on squat bench dead power cleans, things like that. Um, and then have, you know, the remedial dumbbell work and stuff after that. Um, but training's really, it, it turned in from, it turned to almost a more, more meditative and enjoying or enjoyment, uh, focused workout where I go in and it's like, I, I get to apply everything that I think about 24 seven and I get to play around really. It's, it's really like, it's, it's an experiment. And yeah, I mean, that alone is just, is fantastic about training. That's what I love about it. Yeah. In the most recent years, what has been like a stumbling block in your own training sessions? Uh, injury again. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, personal training, just like doctors make their own worst on their own worst patients. Yeah. I think sometimes trainers are the same way. Um, and yeah, I've had some like go- going through some injuries. Like I've just had, you know, shoulder pain, hip pain, back pain, knee pain, just just everything. And when you're trying to build something, especially strength, right? If you're tr- that it requires consistent effort, and when you can't give that consistent effort, it definitely hurts. Or it's it hurts well, literally and mentally, physically, yep. mentally. So 
getting through that though was was um it's tough but you need to you need to work through it and it needs to needs to be something that's constantly on your mind and something that you are always working to get around well i mean that's something that i've really valued my my network of different trainers for because like in in my own experiences like my my headspace is that i want to be a freight train and nothing's going to get in my way i might not be the biggest guy but i want to be i want to be able to train a lot of volume i want to be fast i want to like make people think like is he going to beat me or not kind of thing like it's just that's that's kind of the stuff that goes through my head i don't need to be the best in the room but i'll certainly be the hardest working and every so often i'll come across like some kind of a setback or injury or just something in my body isn't working properly and the beautiful thing about networking in this fitness industry is somebody in the industry has the answer somebody has the solution and you can still work really hard and you can still accumulate volume and it's just getting out of your like echo chamber kind of thing like i find that i have tendencies to lean towards exercises that i enjoy that i'm really competent in and in most yeah. cases, when I dial it back, slow down, and then work on something that I'm incompetent in, like just absolutely horrible at, when when I put the effort into improving at that, then most cases, my injuries are reduced. And it can be because I slowed down, and it can also be because that was an exercise that I probably should have focused more, and I had been ignoring it completely. And if not for like the su- support that you can get from the industry if you're open to it, if not for that, I would probably have a lot more injuries happen. But I think it's just being able to connect and network with people and make genuine friendships and connect- connections um, makes a big difference because it helps us all like stay sound as individuals. And it's uh, it gives you people to uh, get a little teary on a podcast with. Like if, <laughs> if we don't have that in our industry, um, we're kind of hooped. Cause it's, it's a tough one. It's uh, it tests people, it challenges people, but we're going to hop on to another topic here. And it's the topic of nutrition. Cause I believe nutrition is something that you take quite seriously. You have a bit of a role with nutrition um, in some sense. Tell me a little bit more about like, just like meal planning or just uh, how to structure good, good meals in your, in your day. Cause you're a busy guy. How do you do it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I value nutrition. I'm not always the best with it, uh, for myself as well. I, I definitely pour more energy into the training side of things, but obviously, you know, gotta, gotta eat. (laughs) Um, you know, it's really being a trainer. It's really just get it in when you can. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I, uh, you know, if you want to eat for your, for your goals, you, uh, have to kind of plan for that. So whether it's like, you know, whether I've got 10 minutes and I can only have, you know, a little snack or if you have 30 minutes and I can have, sit down and have a bigger meal. Um, yeah, that's really, that's really it. Most of my meal planning is done on, on, uh, Sundays. Uh, so today I've actually got to go meal plan as well. Uh, sir, sorry, meal prep. Um, I usually make two lunches for myself and then I, have breakfast in the morning before I go to training or go to work. Uh, and then dinner is always made in the evening. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
that that makes sense and it kind of humanizes the whole effort like i mean even for myself like i tend to make three meals in advance i'll have a lot of staple meals that i have i typically have the same breakfast all the time and i have very similar lunches and usually i'll double up my lunches and have lunch and a supper of of the same thing and if it's if you get too busy you make a smoothie but it's just kind of good to insert that dialogue for any of the listeners that they're like oh like not everybody is just going to effortlessly come up with all of this uh, chicken and rice or rice and lentils or whatever it may be. Like it is, it is kind of one of those things like the analogy made with like the, the mechanic in his car or the doctor and, and his own yeah. general health kind of thing. Um, going into a new year here, are there big, oh, well, I'll use the term that I heard at a Lululemon vision and goals event and it was big, hairy, audacious goal. Do you have any big, hairy, audacious goals for 2021? Uh, nothing crazy, really. I haven't thought too far ahead. Um, I know that I want to, uh, I want to be more vocal with the breathing stuff. That's that's the thing. I kind of have, I kind of have little goals, little things that I want to do. Nothing crazy big. Um, I tackle one thing at a time and kind of go from there. But yeah, I want to, I want to be able to. Uh, I want to be able to teach more on the breathing side of things um, because it is important. And uh, I think people would value or could, could get some value from, from breathing uh, content. Uh, I want to continue working on uh, mission strength because that's really kind of the future. And we want to build a community of, of strong, hard to kill people, right? Just like-minded community. It's, it's really, it's really what my, uh, business partner Matt and I—that's what we're what we're trying to do. Um, and then, yeah, just continue the personal growth stuff. Like I just never stop learning, and uh, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, that's a perfect answer. Um, with life advice, if you could give a person one piece of advice on on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? Hmm. Um, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Like, I can't remember who said it, but there's, there's a quote that sticks with me. Um, worrying is like paying a debt that you don't owe. I can't remember who said it and I, I'm going to look it up right after this, but that's something that really stuck with me. And it's something that I've lived my life a lot or a philosophy I lived my life by. Um, just like knowing that things are, it's kind of stoic, but knowing things that are, most things are out of your control completely. So if something happens and you have no control over it, why worry about it? There's no point to, there's no point in in spending more of your mental energy on something that you have absolutely no control over. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I think I got through the, um, the the quarantine and all this COVID crap so yeah. so easily because yeah. it's just I'm like well I can't do anything about it so I'm gonna do what I can. Well, that's that's a healthy attitude to have, and I'm gonna try and take more pages out of your book because I think all of us kind of get caught in like worrying a little bit, and yeah. I mean as focused as any of us can be, we're always gonna mm-hmm. have those bad days. So it's important to have that reminder. For sure. So. 
if anybody is listening, hopefully they uh, jotted that one down. And I have one more thing to ask from you today, and you're going to give a challenge to my audience. So I'm going to talk a bit to give you some time to think of your challenge. And essentially that challenge is something in which you're not overthinking too much in coming up with, but it's something that you believe honestly will help better the lives of the average listener of the lifestyle chase. So when you're ready, you're just going to say your challenge for the day is, and then just put it out there. Your challenge for the day is to ask better questions. I think if we can ask better questions and not just accept what's you know said to us and what's given to us, I think we'd all be a lot better off. I think that was the hardest thing or the, the worst part of my post-secondary education was that so much of it isn't up for interpretation. It's like it's on the test. What they say uh, is what goes. And, you know, they don't really give you, they kind of beat it out of you, right, in, in, essentially. They beat out the ability to, to think and ask questions, right? Your, your nose is in a book and it's going to be on the test. That's all you get. So challenge for today, ask better questions, ask questions. Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. And with that, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifestyle Chase. Thank you for having me.